Hey everybody, the following episode of Talking Story with Andy McDonald is uh, brought to us by Baja Bound Mexican Auto Insurance. You can purchase and print out your Mexican insurance policy from their easy-to-use website, which is found at BajaBound.com. How about that? They have temporary long-term auto policies available. They've been around since 1994. Super easy, used by many, including pro surfer Josh Kerr. My uh, doggy here is whining. What's up, Bailey? Why are you whining and giving me giving me those eyes? She's trying to eat a piece of paper that has notes on it. Yes. Why do you want this paper? No, there's nothing here. In any event, uh, do you want to thank Jake Nager at the Moment of Truth for providing our background music that you hear right now? Definitely look for Jake Nager and the Moment of Truth where music is streamed. Do you want to thank Zone In, Aim Higher, Feel Better Zone In, Full Spectrum Hemp Extract with CBD to relieve, revitalize, and refocus? Something I need a lot of help with. All those areas. And uh, the product, trusted by professional athletes. In fact, it was founded by former NFL great Lofa Tatupu. What a dude. Love his smile, by the way. It's probably because of his product. CBD is used by elite athletes at the highest level of professional sports, and every product in the line zone in is overseen by scientific advisory boards, MDs, PhDs, CBD experts. They're not messing around. Made with care here in the U.S., and you can get the product and learn more at zoneincbd.com. Andy McDonald, Andy Mack. I've been following Andy's career forever and a day, and uh, he's the greatest guy. We're so lucky to have Andy and his family here in San Diego. He's got his event, which is called Grind or no Grind for Life. I'm sorry, that's the nine, the nonprofit. It's Clash at Claremont. The Clash. Oh, I love the Clash at Claremont, which features Black Flag this year. It's ridiculous. And uh, that event, by the way, is happening next month or maybe by the time you're downloading it. This month, September 21st, over at Claremont Skate Park, that facility over there. We'll have information in the blog, but you'll hear about the event here in a few. It's such an incredible time. And uh, just like sitting down with Andy McDonald and reconnecting. And it's been so long, I didn't realize you had three kids. I think we stopped being friends at one kid. <laughs> we never stopped being we friends. We never stopped. Life on. happens. Life exactly. happens. I'm just kidding. What happened to old What's-His-Name? I'll never forget old What's-His-Name. What's-His-Name? <laughs> What's, oh, yeah. You still talk to uh, my old radio friend, Clint? Remember Clint? Clint? Yeah. You guys were, that's why I was like, 91X, you guys were like, stronghold for a long time yep and clint's still on radio too right yeah he works over at a classic rock station he's got his kids as well you know life life happens right happens. yeah it's such a trip how that happened well i'm so glad you're still in town and i've been watching you from afar and i'll say something andy now that we're old men or at least i'm an old man you're still crushing and i'm, I'm still riding that uh useless wooden toy which happens to be the fountain of youth exactly and it's also the fountain of uh well, your existence, too. <laughs> Skateboarding, man. Who would have known? But I'll say, man, as far as the culture is concerned, I've always been so enamored by you because to me, you're just, and, and don't please take this, you're just such a regular nice guy. And a <laughs> Which lot doesn't of, fit well with the pro skateboarder mold. Right? Well, a lot of people <laughs> do have their own style, edge, and attitude, and that's nothing that I've ever gotten off of you. 
Yeah. And what do you attribute that to? I'm genuinely curious. I mean, it's like you're like the Tom Cruise of skateboarders before <laughs> Tom Cruise got weird. Right. But right. Um, you're just such a likable dude. And what is it really that you didn't feel like you had to go down that edgy that's, road? No, that's why I started skateboarding. You know, like I did all the team sports when I was a kid in high school and whatever. And, and you know, there was a lot of pressure to, to fit into this mold of like being on the soccer team or on the football team or whatever. And in skateboarding, it was like, as long as you got a skateboard, you know, you're accepted by all, you know, like that we come from all walks and all socioeconomic backgrounds and just like, oh, you skateboard? Cool. You're down. Let's go, let's right. go skate, you know, and it, that's what skateboarding was to me from the get go. And then I learned the hard way that, you know, just like anything else, there's like even in even in the most radical of groups, there's like you see hard times when you when you stray from the norm. Um, but I mean, I learned early on that like this is this is what skateboarding is to me is I get to be whoever the heck I want to be. You know, my whole career, people are like, wait, you're a pro skateboarder and you don't have tattoos. Exactly. And you don't drink and you don't party. And I'm just like, and you're I party, wearing a I helmet. Party, yeah. You know, you're responsibly exactly. wearing a helmet every time you're doing yeah. something. I, years ago, I had an article in uh, Sports Illustrated and it was called Mother Approved. Mother Approved. Because <laughs> the guy interviewing me like, I just, you're a pro skateboarder. I just, I just thought you'd be gnarlier. Dude. I'm like, yeah, well, he's like, I just picture like this glass of milk <laughs> <laughs> well you're, you're a handsome guy you've got this dynamic smile you're affable you don't age there's a lot of things going on here andy well i just i just do it on my skateboard you know yeah. like, i'm gnarly i just do it riding my skateboard and you are. instead of uh and and honestly like i i if i had a nickel for every guy that is like on the other side of it now like gone through the whole partying you know like i'm 46 years old and they're you know right there with me, my peers coming up through the pro skateboarding career who are long since past their prime in yeah. pro skateboarding and are like on the other side of an AA program or on the other side of a, you know, or they're learning that they're developing right. these, uh, maladies forever, based on right? their, and they're just like, good for you, Andy. You know, like you figured it I out early. Like I got the last laugh. You know? Yeah. <laughs> We're all of us I, now are like, I, Oh I, man, I got to get sober. And yeah, you're like, dude, yeah. I've been living this life my whole existence. I, I, yeah, exactly. People tell me like, Oh yeah, I quit. And I'm like, all right. Or like they brag about how long it's been. I'm like, I haven't had a beer in like three years. I'm like, oh, good for you. I haven't had a beer in 46. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, man. I give him a hard time. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm quitting smoking. I'm like, quitter. <laughs> give him a hard time. Like, now tell me this, though. Okay. During those formative years and you're coming up, did you feel like an outcast because you were the, the skater you bring home the mom? No, definitely. There was, there was, there was like a, a definitely I would have it would have been easier in my skateboarding career at times to just like go ahead and grab a beer or like get the tattoo and wear black and just like, but it, it wouldn't have come across genuine because that's not who I am. Right. I'm, I'm just like, I don't wear black t-shirts because they're hot. Yeah. <laughs> Did people make fun of whatever. you though? Like, because oh, sure, of who you were? No, like I, the yellow helmet thing is like, it came from, uh, favorite skater in the eighties was Chris Miller who okay. wore a yellow helmet. I remember Chris. 80s, okay. So he was one of my favorite skaters. I looked up to him. He wore a yellow helmet. And years later, um, I was riding for ProTech, and they were like, hey, everyone's getting a signature color helmet. What color do you want? And black was taken right away. White was taken right away. You know, I was like, uh, yellow? Anybody have yellow? Yeah. <laughs> so that just, like, stuck. And for, like, you know, the rest of my career, since, like, 1999, I think, that that first right. ProTech helmet came out, and that was it. Like, I, I got new helmet sponsors, and we'd try and change my helmet color. And people, my fans would be bummed. Like, I, I don't know, it's you. Like, <laughs> that's funny. And people would just ask, and I'd be like, I, 
I wear a yellow helmet so my mom can tell it to me on TV. That, which makes sense. <laughs> but were your peers, your peers, though, I would imagine, thought it was dorky or not no, friggin' cool. Absolutely. Not, not like I'm the clown that wears bright colors. And, Damn, you know, man. Absolutely. I, to this day, I get you a still hard time get it. about it. But and did it, okay, if, now if, I would if, imagine. If I let it bother me, you right, know, wouldn't you wouldn't be, be where yeah, you are. If anything, it makes me like want to do it more. Yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> if anything, like if people have a hard time with me wearing a helmet, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm safe. I'm because I'm 46 years old. I'm still riding my skateboard because yep. I hit my head a lot. <laughs> exactly. Make fun of me about being safe. Like my son, I've got like you know, we were just talking before we popped on here. We both have 13 year olds, and my son, you know, he he started scooting. You know, he yep. was riding a scooter around and going to Claremont where your events happening. We'll talk about it. I remember because I do know what it's like out there. I remember going, oh gosh. This is like his version of a yellow helmet. Yeah. He's going to Claremont yeah. on a scooter. And I was so nervous as a parent because I know that, you know, there's hate towards scooter riders at skate yeah. parks and all yeah. that. But then you realize it's just kind of the way it is. And he's got to, he's got to fend for himself. Yeah. Right. And, he, and at that park, like at Claremont, there's no rules for It's like, you can ride a wheelbarrow if you want. Truth. You know? like, it's like right. scooters and bikes and skateboards are all welcome at, at Claremont skate park. But I, yeah, I hear you. And, and also with like the helmet thing, like, oh, he's 13, like helmets are going to start, start not being cool right exactly. around now. Right. And I just got uh, into the argument with him yesterday. He yeah. wanted to go. Now he's back on the skateboard and he was going out with his buddies. I'm like, put on your helmet. He didn't want to. Right. And I thought of you immediately. I'm yeah. like, and I said, <laughs> if Annie McDonald can wear a helmet, you can wear a helmet. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> Don't say sorry to me. I'm saying, yeah, thank no, you. You I, can apologize I, I'm, uh, to my son. I, I wonder how many parents like use that as like, dude. right. I, it's, it's crazy, but, uh, you know, with all we know about CTE and concussions and whatever, it's just like, it makes zero sense not to like the, the only thing that people can say is like, it's not cool. doesn't look cool or whatever, but it's like anybody can do any skateboard trick wearing a helmet. Like Nigel Houston could kickflip backside, lip slide, any rail wearing a helmet or wearing a hat. doesn't right. matter. Yeah. And when it comes Get to, it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and when it comes to just, uh, I want to go back to your, your childhood for a second. Were, were your parents really in support of, because you mentioned your mom and how is she going to recognize you? Were they in support of your career or did they think you were crazy? Well, when I first was like, you know, announced that I'm like, okay, I'm a junior in high school and I'm so into skateboarding that I like, I, I figured out like, oh, if I go to California, that's where like it's sunny every day. Yeah. And where and were you at this point? I was in Boston, Massachusetts. That's right. Yeah. Born and raised in Boston. So I, my first skateboard I got for Christmas and I had to shovel the driveway and put like plywood up against the snowbanks. Yep. I remember so those days. It was, um, and then, you know. I'd look in the magazines and be like, wow, look at these guys. It's sunny every day and they get paid to skate. They're professional skateboarders. You know, I yeah. had no idea that you could actually make a living or whatever. I just like, I want to go to California so I can skateboard every and day. And you're a teenager and at this time, yeah, just I'm, I'm dreaming like of California. And I tell my mom and dad, like, I'm going to, I'm not going to go to college right away. I'm going to go to Southern California and try and have a, added at this pro skateboarding thing. And they were, of course, like yeah. any parent would be like, that's one in a million. Like you need yeah. to have a backup plan, blah, blah, blah. Like, they were supportive in as much as like, you know, my dad used to drive me to skate competitions and you know took us on a tour down the East Coast skating all the different ramps and stuff. But Now you say us, you and your siblings my, or my your brother, friends? My brother, I had an older brother. That and he was into skating too? I did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, was, he never did it like competitively, but. Um, Interesting. It's kind of like the Tony Hawk story, right? With his older yeah, brother, yeah, kind of? Yep, yep. Tony's older brother gave him his first board. and You two were skating together, you and no, your brother? No, I was chasing my brother. My brother could only hire than me. I was chasing him around town like right. when we first started skating. And, uh, 
yeah and then and then my brother went off to college and you know went gave it up and i yeah uh no he still skates but ne- again never did it competitively and, right and uh lives in the bay area and runs a nonprofit. and we skated together last week when no we way so yeah so when did you make the pivot to california then when you finally said all right i'm done graduated high school so you were out Split. yeah like, so what'd you like do did you drive across country yeah, threw everything I owned in the back of my Datsun. And, uh, Damn, dude. <laughs> I had saved up. By then. I, by the time I graduated high school, I saved up like $500 and drove across country in a uh, Datsun with 500 wagon bucks. with 500 bucks and, and a broken radiator. So figured out if you turn the heat on full blast, it draws the heat away from the Yep, I learned that trick in my V-Dub. <laughs> I know that trick. Except that I had like those plastic seats, and then I'm driving through the middle of the desert in Nevada, and it's 110 degrees oh. the heat on. It was rough. So you're 18 years old, and where did you have your sights on San Diego at that yeah, point? Yeah, no, I, I drove straight to Encinitas Boulevard because that's where one of the only vert ramps in the country was uh, at the YMCA in Encinitas. Wow. And, and it, on Saxony Road, which is where I live now. And what year was this now? This is what, 90s? 1992. What a trip. Yeah. So I got here like not long after you did. When did you get here? I was 88. 88? Yeah, I came here for college, yep. graduated college in 92, 93, and fell right into radio from there. Yep. So you're in Encinitas. You're in your early 20s. Yeah, Where are you not, living? I, well, you had to... You, when you moved to San Diego, you had to go to Ocean Beach, right? It was like, wasn't it law <laughs> that you had to like spend some or time PB, on Or PB, one of the two. Yeah. One of the two. Okay. So I did uh, my penance in Ocean Beach for like the first 12 years that I lived in San Diego in around Ocean Beach and different rent control, low-income housing <laughs> situations. Damn. But, uh, I had a friend that had moved out the year before that said I could crash on his couch, you know, like the first couple weeks in town and ended up staying on his couch for the next like eight or 12 months. <laughs> and, and then what are you doing to like really try to get this? Because this is before Instagram and this yeah, is before... No, it, was, it was Like I had... I had won the NSA uh, national championship uh, in 92. In 92, I got second place. In 93, I won. And uh, now I'm in San Diego. I'm, you know, like in all the years leading up to that, if you, if you did well, if you were top 10 in the NSA amateur championship, you were pro like the next year. And this is, you accomplished Except, this in Boston. Uh, when it, yeah, when I was living in Boston, I was skating all those competitions. And then I moved out, skated the last competition. The NSA went out of business that year. Okay. Skateboarding was dead. Like right. Dead, especially, I remember especially that. Especially vert skating. Like, but skating as a whole was had just contracted completely to the point where there was like, there, it was the early 90s. So skaters rode like tiny little wheels. Yep. Wore size 40 pants. Those big baggy and, jeans <laughs> and yep. chunky shoes. And there, was, and there was no money in skateboarding. So like, you know, I was just doing skateboarding because I loved it. And, and I was in Southern California, so I could do it every day. And I was looking for work. I was looking for part-time jobs. And I was down to like my last 50 bucks and, you know, like enough to buy a burrito and put gas in my car. Sure. And I had, I remember I'd spent one whole day um, applying for jobs in Hotel Circle, like every hotel. Like Damn. I'll wash dishes, I'll clean toilets, like anything you need. Like I just need a job and nobody's hiring. It's like everyone's slamming the door in my face and I'm driving back to my couch in Ocean Beach and uh, I drive past SeaWorld and I'm like, Oh, SeaWorld, why didn't I think of that? They gotta be hiring at SeaWorld, right? <laughs> I pull in, it's like 4.30, end of the day, and I go up to the job office, there's two jobs on the on the job board. One is like marine biologist, swim with the dolphins, you gotta have your college degree <laughs> for that one, sorry buddy. And the other one is uh, walk around character. And I'm like, hmm, wonder what, what does that mean? No. So like, I go in, and do my interview, I must have done all right in the interview, cause you know, cause I, I walk in at the end of the day, and they're like, let me see if I can get an interview right now, you know? Did my interview, and at the end of the interview, the guy goes like, hey man, you know, like, 
don't you why don't you come and get in the suit because sometimes people get in the oh suit and they get gosh. claustrophobic and you know that doesn't work out so i go back and get in the suit and zip it up and i'm like yeah all right I can i'm the this. skating the shamu like, <laughs> this guy's <laughs> hired so yeah my first job in san diego was shamu oh my god dude i never knew this and you know what my first job in san diego was what I worked at SeaWorld as well. Nice. And they gave me a grout knife and I had to scrape the seagull gum crap. Oh, nice. Gum and seagull <laughs> excrement off the stadium seats. Dude, I had you beat with a shampoo. You thing. did. You were big time. Yeah, you just looked at me and said, loser. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, so when did your skating career here in town really start? you know, taking off and you can hang up the Shamus. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until 94 that I, that okay, I Okay. So a couple a of years. Yeah. That's good. Um, I, I found a sponsor, uh, called human skateboards that gave me a pro model and paid me enough for like rent and groceries. Right. And, and that was it. You know, like I was like, I quit all my part-time jobs and just focus on skateboarding and go on the pro tour, which at the time was like four contests a year. Okay. And if I did well enough, in one contest, I had enough money to pay to get to the next contest. Mm. So, and how much would um, contests at that time pay you? If you won a pro contest, it was like three grand. That's you it. Like it was like it was it was rough. So I would make sure that I. Would I'm like, thinking you can make it work well, for like six months. Yeah, three grand, no, you'll was, burn through that in yeah. a couple of months. Yeah, it was oh. it was literally like contest to contest. So like right. you'd go to a contest, and and it kind of because of that experience, it kind of created my competition style like I, I i became known as like mr consistent was my nickname you were always so smooth because so smooth i knew i knew i could skate well enough to make the qualifiers like make the cut and then i would be in the finals and instead of just like going for broke and getting 10th place and winning 100 bucks i would like skate well enough mm. that i knew i could get you know fourth or fifth place and make enough money because you get fourth or fifth, you're making you know eight hundred thousand bucks. Smart or man. And so, like in baseball terms, you were just, just like knocking singles. Super con- yeah, just super conservative skating. Vents, like fence. I know I can make this run. I'm going to make that run. If I make that run, I'll try and up it. I'll do you know try and do better. And Smart. I started the place on the podium or whatever. But really, it was like I need to make enough money that I can buy a plane ticket to the next contest and share a hotel with three guys. holy shit that's how i made pro skateboarding work and then the year after that the x game started in 1995 and then it was just kind of gradually going up from there and that's when you came on my radar was during the x game stuff i I beat tony hawk in 96 and people were like who's this guy right and then tony beat me in 97 and i beat him in 98 and then you did the doubles we were here right and starting 97 here in san diego we did doubles together and we won doubles for the next six years. I'll never forget seeing you guys do those doubles runs at the X Games, <laughs> and you won the gold here in Mission. Yep. yep. And just Good watch. Time, it man. was just art. It was poetic watching you two together. Now, how did you two? I have so many questions on this front. How did you two first sync up? Tony and I um, were both riding for Airwalk shoes. Uh, we had a couple of the same sponsors. We both rode for Airwalk for years and years. We both rode for Swatch. Mm, uh, and so okay. we did a lot of just because we're on tour together, like, Hey, we need you to be at a demo in Europe. You're on the same flight as Tony. Like we were just always traveling together cause we were teammates. And during those demos, we would skate doubles. Got it. So when X games called and said, Hey, there's a doubles contest. The first call I made was to Tony, like, Hey, be my doubles partner. Now he's obviously a household name at this time. And as you said, you know, I was like, who's this Andy McDonald guy. Did you feel like you were, especially during those doubles runs, did you ever feel like you were in the shadow of Tony Hawk or did it even matter at that point? Well, with double skating, like there's twice as much chance that something's going to go wrong, right? Right. So there's definitely like, 
and and then when we were first starting out, there was this rivalry that people had created, you know, like between the Tony, two of right, you, between Tony and I. Oh. And, and I remember doing interviews for like people that didn't, you know, like USA Today came to, you know, do an interview on me and Tony, and Tony and I were just like looking at each other, like frustrated because they were trying to like pit you guys against yeah, like, each yeah, other. Yeah, like yeah, try make us oh, like it was like a crazy. normal sport, like we were a team sport, and we're like, look. We're not rivals. We don't. I, me and Tony skate together all we're the time. We're rooting for you know? each like, other. <laughs> yeah. We want each other to do well in the singles contest. We don't want to win because he fell. We want to win because we skated better than you know the judges thought we skated better. And then yeah, and then we're teammates, and we want to do well for each other. To, yeah. To, <laughs> and and they couldn't grasp that concept. It was just like so new and foreign to them that like skateboarders generally vote you know root that for are each rooting other. for yeah, each like, other yeah even, even in competition where you think it's like this cut and at the time i remember like winning the x games like you won five grand oh my god Dude, <laughs> like, that's oh my nuts god. yeah it was more money than i'd ever i was just like Every, let's go we're buying everybody dinner <laughs> that's incredible and, and for people who don't know myself included what did sponsorship deals look like at this time too yeah uh i, I remember making like 1200 bucks a month my my board sponsor at the so they're time. like retainers so, basically yeah because you didn't sell that many boards like if you if you had a super good month might maybe you'd sell and you'd get royalties on boards above that but right. basically it was just like here's your minimum and then you know skateboarding wasn't that big you didn't yeah. sell that many skateboards and they were they were like screened boards like right. at a time you know pulling screens and you know you kind of like, like teespring with t-shirts yeah. just made to order <laughs> yep, exactly that's nuts now at what point did you meet your wife rebecca is this she was from San Diego, yeah, right? Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's all, all like, in that 1998. Like, I, I vividly remember that year and that contest down at Mission Bay because um, I bought my first house uh, in um, on Saratoga in Point Loma. In Ocean yeah. Beach, um, and I put a fire pole in, first thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I remember <laughs> that. Put a trampoline in the back and the fire pole. What was the, and, what uh, was the reason for the fire pole? I just always wanted a fire pole. I'm oh, like, that's... I was like, I want to live in a place that has a fire pole. And I remember like bringing my, my realtor was like, okay, we'll go look at places. And the first house she pulled up to was like a single story house. You're like, I nope. Like, I didn't even get out of the car. She's like, no, nah, just come look at it. I was like, no, I need at least a two story house because I'm putting a fire pole. That's She's like, awesome. wow, you're serious. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> punk rock. So, um, yeah, Rebecca, my wife is from uh, born and raised Solana Beach right. and then moved to Boston and we met in Boston. Her junior year of high school, I was a senior, and we dated a bit in Boston. No and then way. Just like became friends, and I moved to San Diego, and she stayed in Boston and went to UMass, and uh, just stayed friends, and then like kind of rekindled our relationship that year in '98 at uh, Woodward Skate Camp because every summer I would go back to Pennsylvania and uh, what a work trip. at skate camp, and she called me like, "Hey, I need a summer job," and I was like, "Well, I can hook it up at Woodward." So she worked at Woodward, and we you know, rekindle our relationship. And then she came out for that X games in 98. And I just had like the magical weekend where like I fell in love with my wife all over Whoa. again, my future wife. And then I won the vert competition. Tony and I won the doubles and yep. I got second place in street. Yep. So you're talking about this. And anytime I think of you, I go back to that time in your life. Yeah. That's funny. I'm Remember serious. Had the snowboard jump there too. Yes. Like, that crazy snow snowboard jump. Oh, that was so nuts. And that's and again, this also is is attributed to your character too, Andy. Like we all know in this business, my business, whatever, it's uh, there's a lot of a lot of times these relationships don't work when you've got a husband that's traveling as much as you do. No, no, the ups and, and downs. A, there was certainly years there where I didn't think it was gonna. It was it was rough. You know, been like, there I used, myself. I used to travel like nine, ten months out of the year. 
home for a day, do laundry, back out on the road. Like it was crazy. And then I would imagine financially too, you have good years and bad years, right? Yeah. So you get a custom. Yeah. You get a custom to live in a certain way and then you have to make adjustments. I can certainly relate to that too. Now, how many kids do you have now? I have three children. I have a 13 year old. Um, You and I had our first kid around the same time. I remember that. Uh, He was born in uh, 06. And then um, I have a nine year old that just started fourth grade today. Okay. And I have a three year old. Um, so a boy and two girls. Dang. We're, we're on the same path. I've got two. I've got a 13-year-old who is starting eighth grade this week. Nice. And then I've got a 10-year-old who's starting fifth grade. Nice. So what's it like for the kids having a professional skateboarder as a dad? They could care less. They could, yeah. <laughs> so, same awesome. with the radio <laughs> really? bit. It's the greatest, isn't it? <laughs> the best. Because you tell people, like, even when, when my boy Hayden was a little kid oh you got a boy is he gonna skate and i'm like i don't know i used to joke like i don't know he'll probably play piano or something like, yeah something i know nothing about sure enough he's 13 years old he's been playing piano since third grade. yes <laughs> oh like, that's tremendous loves playing piano and i i can't hold it and does he have piano. any interest in skating or very little he in fact he's like thinks it's dangerous he's yeah. like dad like i'll come home and be like look what i did today like look at this new trick i learned and he's like that looks dangerous <laughs> why, why would you do that like you could get hurt like he's Complete opposite personality. That's really funny. He can skateboard. Like, he knows how to ride. Like, I had him riding on his belly when he was a baby. Sure. Before he could even stand, he could skateboard. So he can do it. Yep. But he doesn't, he's not like, let's go to the skate park, Dad. Yeah, my version of that is my, you know, I love the beach. It's my safe place. I love to surf. I love to hang out at the beach. And I asked my 13-year-old, this is no joke. Nico, what do you want to do? Anything but the beach. That's his response. I don't want to get sand in my toes. Anything but the beach. And then, this is funny, too. I told this story on the radio. We took my kids to a brewery the other day. We were down in OB, your old haunt. Yep. And uh, went to a brewery in there, and there were a couple of drunk girls in OB, shocking. And they started kind of shaming my family in front of us. They were like, oh, a family at a brewery? Like, you're sitting next to us? And I'm just like, I just didn't want to have it. So I'm like getting them. I get up and I'm like, all right, let's leave. And as we're leaving, the girl says it again. Who takes their family to a brewery? And rather than my ha- kid having my back, he's like, yeah, dad. Oh, <laughs> what a rough. rough, man, Seriously, right? Dad. Rough. I'm like, you're supposed to have my back, kid. <laughs> so uh, let's talk uh, the clash and what you're doing at Claremont. You've been doing this, man, for how long now? Uh, this will be our 12th year with the Clash of Claremont. It's it's our annual charity fundraiser event. It raises money for both the Claremont uh, Mission Valley YMCA in Claremont and uh, an organization called Grind for Life, which yeah. um, is run by a two-time cancer survivor named Mike Rogers, who is a pro skateboarder. He rides all the Masters uh, series and super inspirational story. He had this crazy cranial lift surgery and they took muscles out of his stomach and rebuilt his face and they removed his eye and just like how long ago did that that was years ago that was 11 years ago okay cancer free now and it's amazing you know like you may never walk again like other people that had the surgery died like he pulled it he's skateboarding it's amazing um so we raise money for uh, specifically getting people to their cancer treatments through grind for life and um yeah basically it's it's uh i used to be on the board of directors at the mission valley y and uh, designed that skate park back in 2003. And so then, awesome. Uh, in 2006, X Games was getting rid of their vert ramp, and the, the YMCA needed a new vert ramp. And um, You arranged that? I, I begged them to have the, the vert ramp shipped down from L.A. and uh, got one of my sponsors to pony up to have the trucking, you know, put put it on a truck and bring it down. And um, it, it uh, 
the title sponsor to put it back up was PacSun, and they they put the vert ramp back up, and so it's the PacSun vert ramp at the Claremont Y, and they're like, we want to do a demo and like have it like a grand reopening of the park and and have all the guys that skated and rode BMX on this ramp at the X Games out mm. for a demo. And I was like, well, that's an expensive demo, you know, like these guys all get paid appearance fees and whatever. But I'll tell you what, let's make it a a benefit for Grind for Life since all these guys are down for Grind for Life. Grind for Life is like the live strong of skateboarding. Right. Like in the action sports community, everyone knows Grind for Life. There's like Grind for Life wheels and yep. part of the proceeds go to the, the charity and there's Grind for Life shoes. You know, Vans does a Grind for Life shoe. It's and, awesome. And so every, all the skaters and the BMXers are down. So I was like, let's do a charity and we'll raise money for the Y and for Grind for Life. And it was a hit and we've been doing it every year since. Yeah, well, I loved it so much as we obviously spent a lot of time talking about that the 98X games. To me, it's like going back in time. I'm seeing all yeah. my favorites yourself yeah. and all your homies yeah. doing all the stuff I watched at the X games back in the late 90s. It's, it's definitely like because the majority of guys live here in in North County and in San Diego County for especially on the vert side of things, there's like the there's an autograph session every year and it's like there's never a better autograph session. Oh, I agree. Like, you're just like from Matt Hoffman. All your heroes. Steve Caballero to Tony Hawk to like everybody, yeah, all everybody that you grew up with skating and then all the new guys and you know so we start the day with a big uh vert jam session. There's a live band that plays while we skate vert. And then we do skater cross. The only skater cross track in the country is at the Mission Valley skate park. And, um, we do basically it's, if you've never heard of it, it's, um, it's BMX racing on skateboards, head to head racing. So nuts straight out the gates, you know, like, like border cross snowboarding, just like that. First jumps 27 foot. Next one's 19 foot hit the berm, like head to head. I've never seen that over there. It's, it's it's super great. So who's Um, participating this year? Obviously yourself and myself and Tony Hawk and Bucky Lassick and the crew will be up on the ramp. Yeah. And then, um, and then we'll get into the, 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 some of the best racers are like Trey Wood and Tom Shar. um, Beaver Fleming, uh, Jeremy Green does backflips over the jumps every Sick. time. Um, so they'll be racing. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, <clears throat> and then uh, this year, and then we always have a, a band play on the deck of the bowl while we finish the day with a bowl jam. So cool. And do like tricks for cash, whatever. And this year, um, Black Flag is playing. So. How did you pull that? <laughs> Black Flag is playing in San yeah. Diego. I mean, when, when's the last time they played here? First of all, yeah, yeah, and it'll just, this will be their only stop in in on the, on their tour. Uh, their only San Diego stop is damn at the Clash of Claremont, and it's ten bucks. So ten bucks to $10 see Black Flag. Come see Black Flag. Uh, the lead singer of Black Flag is Mike Valley, and he's a pro skateboarder. Uh, I was teammates. Mike V got me on Powell, and you know, back like around the time we're talking about, yeah, uh, nineteen ninety seven. I got on Powell and uh, had my first pro board in that ninety eight X Games. And it was because of Mike V. That's so incredible. Um, yeah, Mike V's singing for Black Flag, so we'll finish the day with with uh, Black Flag, like an hour and a half long Black Flag set, and we'll be skating the bowl. And then there's nice. there's an after party at um, Black Plague up in up oh in Brewing County. Yeah, yeah. Brewing. love that Jordan's place, right? Yep, Jordan Hoffer. Yep. I love that spot. Yep. Now, if people want to get tickets or take part, what's the best way, Andy? Um, you can get tickets at the door. Okay. Um, it's ten dollar donation. We. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna sell out until we have like five thousand people there, and we usually have like two or three thousand people there. So, so show up. The more it's the really yeah, just, just show just up. Show up. Ten dollar minimum donation at the door. Uh, you can go to the park and get like VIP experience tickets. I think they're like two hundred fifty bucks, and that lets you like for sure meet some of the pros. They let you up on the deck during the vert demo. No way. And, like, and that's know, obviously going to grind VIP, for life yeah. right off the whole bit. <laughs> All that. 
Now tell me, now that uh, we're on the second phase of your career right now in this later stage of life, what is next for you and where do you see things going, Andy? I am just curious. So next for me turns out um, to be working with a really new uh, cool company that um, I, I was introduced to at the X Games when they weren't even really a company yet, uh, Boosted Skateboards. So Those are awesome. Boosted boards are electric skateboards. Yes. And it's it's just a skateboard with super rad technology. And what, you got uh, like a remote got two, two or something? two belt drives on it, and you have a Bluetooth remote, and you just stand on it and lean forward, and the thing rips. It goes 25 miles an hour. Come on. <laughs> I put, I, you know, like my job is, you know, athlete ambassador, so I can I can hook pros up, and I put pros on them, and I'm like, okay, dude, they're gnarly. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm a pro skateboarder. I got this. And inevitably, they hit the button and go zing, and they shoot off the back. And they're like, their <laughs> eyes just light up, and they're like, whoa, oh, I, I get it. Like, these are dangerous. I could hurt myself on it. And they love it, right? That's away. crazy. Like, these, are, these are the funnest way. So but, you work with Boosted uh, as like an ambassador? Yeah, so I'm athlete ambassador for Boosted. I'm going to be helping design their next version board. Um, and what do you think the purpose then, is? I'm curious because I'm fascinated by all these, whether it's the Boosteds, the One Wheels, right. all these uh, motor. It's just the next generation of how we're going to get around. Right? You think so, so? So like a Boosted board um, has a 12-mile range. So like guys in my neighborhood see me rolling around. They're like, man, I only live four miles from work. Like why sit in traffic Right. when you can just like get on a boosted board and zip past traffic and it's way more fun. Yeah. Right? You know, like I'm, I, I drive way less just because it's so fun to get from point A to point B from my house. And it's like, Oh, we're out of milk. Like any excuse to leave the house and go ride from a boosted board. That's like, how I would yeah, be. Yeah. I, I'll get it. Like, what do we need at the store? I'll go, you know, you get any heat though for people like, oh, push man. Do pee. I mean, how can yeah, you call Andy McDonald I, lazy? There's, there's a, there were, when I started working for boosted, I thought there was going to be a lot more of the Resistance, haters than there, right. than there is. And even the haters, like once they get on it, they go, Oh, I get it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I used to be a hater and now I'm not because they're just so fun. Oh, I, I've never been on one. I'd love to be on one. You can't put a pool on fun. It's like, this thing is fun. I don't care how it looks. The thing's fun. So, yep. uh, you know, I've talked to pro skaters that are literally, they're, they're heavy, like 16 pounds, right? Because they have the motor and the battery on it and everything. And the, the uncool way to carry a skateboard is like by the front truck. It's called mall grab or whatever. Okay. And I've talked to pro skaters that are like, so I'm, so I'm out with my boosted board on an electric skateboard. I'm a pro skateboard and I'm carrying it mall grab and I'm like in public and I don't even care because they're so fun. You know? like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. And then what about the skating career itself? I mean, physically, how long can you do this for? We're still figuring that out. Yeah. Know? Right. Cause um, you're setting the bar and yeah, your friends Tony, are. Tony Hawk's got five years on me. Steve Caballero's got 10 years on me and they're still getting paid to ride their skateboards and riding the masters events and doing demos. And you know, that's my inspiration. <clears throat> um, I definitely feel like with a boosted board, I should be able to ride until I'm like 70 because <laughs> I don't even have to pump. Well, I hope you are riding to your 70. Yeah. That's all I want to yeah. say, Andy. You're a great <laughs> dude, and we certainly support your event and encourage everybody to head on out to Claremont for the clash. Thank you, sir. Good stuff. How great is Andy Mack? And uh, be sure to check out The Clash of Claremont, September 21st. And uh, we'll certainly be out there representing. Thank you for checking out Talking Story. If you're new to the podcast, please subscribe. Check out previous episodes. We talked to uh, recently Taylor Knox, Bird Huffman, the owner of Bird Surf Shed. Taylor Knox, pro surfer. Um, Aubrey Huff, a very outspoken 
MLB player, Major League Baseball All-Star, and uh, Andy Mack, forever an All-Star in my eye. Also, thank you to our patrons. You know who you are. And uh, March and Ash, who you can find at marchandash.com. Located in Mission Valley, just opened a new shop in Imperial. And uh, man, they're all over the place. Working on other locations. Vista, currently under construction. And it's just hands down the most professional and nicest shop you could ever imagine. In fact, I was hanging out with Steel Pulse. You know the band Steel Pulse? Reggae band? They stopped by March and Ash. Shocking, right? And here's what um, my friend David said. He said, um, dude, that's the nicest dispensary I've ever seen. <laughs> With some heart emojis and then the word irie. So uh, there you have it. CBD products down there. Everything you need. You know the trip. I don't need to tell you. Otherwise, take care of yourself, please. And I'll see you next time around, okay? Thank you.